Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Georgia and it is time for the tea. Tea Time with Dr. Tarver is a wellness-based podcast. It is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health provider. Welcome to the last week of April. Uh, if you caught the last of my podcast last week, uh, I sneezed right toward the end. Uh, so I am still kind of getting over this little sinus cold that I have. So I do apologize for sounding a little froggish, but hopefully we'll be able to get through this without uh, too much difficulty. So we are in the series uh, this month entitled, You Thought I Was Worth Saving. Week one, we discussed, I don't know how to fix them. And I talked about some strategies to address people who you love that may be be in need of mental health treatment, but they're just not at a place where they're willing to go to treatment or even willing to change some of the behaviors that they may be engaging in that are unhealthy. Week two, we discuss shame and guilt and how it affects our worth in an episode entitled The Guilt and Shame of It All. Last week, we got into the effects of mental and physical illness on our worth, as well as loss of abilities. And that episode was entitled, I Can't Do What I Want, So I Won't Do What I Can. That was my sneeze episode. And this week, as we wrap up the month of April, we're going to be discussing how our worth is affected when people in our families abandon us. They're not there for us when we need them. And this episode is entitled, Home Alone, When Family Abandons You. So I do want to let people know before you deep dive into this episode, I am going to be talking about abandonment. And I do know that sometimes that can be triggering for people, particularly when we talk about the silence around sexual trauma or what happens when we were neglected growing up. And though I won't be deep diving into specific examples, I do want to give people an opportunity to make an informed decision about whether or not they want to continue with this episode. Last night, I had the privilege of being able to attend a workshop entitled Trauma Incest in BIPOC Communities, so the Black Indigenous People of Color Communities, and it was presented by the National Alliance of Mental Illness. And I think it's a nice segue into today's topic. I always find that God puts me where I need to be to hear information that can be helpful. Uh, so. The panelists were discussing the difficulty of navigating in families where there are perpetrators of abuse, and in particular, incest. So your parents, your siblings, perhaps your uncle, your aunt, your cousins, who were the perpetrators of your abuse. So these family members who should have protected you, been there for you, um, were in fact the people that violated you. And sometimes, there is an acknowledgement when the abuse is uh, discovered. We often know that children have a lot of fear um, and confusion, uh, as, as they should be uh, at that state of development because they shouldn't be exposed to these kind of things. And so sometimes it may take a while for the abuse to be um, either discovered or for a child to feel comfortable enough sharing that information with someone. Um, but even when there's acknowledgement of what happened, so the family does in fact acknowledge that the abuse occurred, what I find to be a case for a lot of my clients is that perpetrators 
are often still given access uh, to that survivor of trauma or invited to family events. Um, and it sends a message to a survivor that they're not worthy of protection. Uh, and it can feel as if their abuse is minimized or dismissed. And perhaps that the perpetrator has more value in the family because we're still allowing them to come to the cookout. And it does absolutely feel like abandonment when people that you love and care about, who you expect will have your best interest at heart, um, choose not to be around, uh, choose not to acknowledge, choose to accept uh, when someone has violated you. Uh, and you're left with a lot of different feelings as a survivor. And it can feel incredibly lonely when you may be the only voice or one of a few voices um, that is saying something about having this perpetrator around or perhaps you feel silenced because no one else in the family is there for you. And so you don't feel as if you can say anything and, and perhaps you even begin to start dismissing the abuse yourself. And so I want to talk a little bit about how our worth is affected when we feel abandoned. So abandonment trauma actually occurs when there is an intense emotional response to being neglected. Um, that can be emotional, that can be physical. Um, it, it can be a result of um, experiencing something very painful um, and perceiving that people left you to deal with that pain. By yourself, it can uh, be the result of uh, feeling neglected, threatened, or even left behind. And so, I want to give you some examples. So, being left uh, in a dangerous position, possibly by a family member or a friend. So, people will often talk about being left with a neighbor, being left. Um, unfortunately, sometimes people are left in abusive homes, uh, maybe as a result of being. Uh, place in foster care, um, being in some kind of state uh, facility. It could be that your parents were uh, um, addicted to substances and they left you wherever. You could have been at home by yourself in unsafe situations at very young ages. Um, you could have been, some people unfortunately have even been in houses where drugs were sold or where substances were being used or um, where they were explicitly being exposed. Um, to uh, different types of sexual things. And so um, sometimes we're in positions where we didn't have food, we didn't have water. We weren't told that we were loved, we weren't hugged. Um, abandonment can be the um, experience of death when someone dies and we feel as if they left us, particularly if they were one of the few people who we could trust, who we could count on, who was there for us, who saw us, who valued us. Um, and then they die, and so we feel as if We've been abandoned. We've been left alone. Um, it could be a, a partner or a parent leaving you to start a new family with someone else. And it's, it's like you didn't exist anymore. Um, I've had uh, people tell me that when their parents got remarried, they felt as if the, the new family got all the love and attention. These other children, even if they weren't um, biological children, received the love and the time and the biological child felt left behind, or maybe you have a parent who um, has biological children with someone else, and so those biological children may have been in the home with that parent, and you felt as if you were abandoned uh, because that parent was there in the home raising them, but they weren't there to, to raise you, or perhaps you had a child with a partner, 
Um, and then all of a sudden they up and leave one day and they say they don't want to be a parent anymore. They don't want to be actively involved. And they leave you to raise this child by yourself or children by yourself. Maybe you have moved somewhere to be with someone who put you out and said, you know what, I'm not interested in being with you anymore. And you were just left in this place where you knew no one, um, abandoned, feeling as if you didn't have anyone. Or maybe someone moved in with you um, and they said, hey, we're going to be together. And then all of a sudden they said, yeah, this is not what I want anymore. Perhaps you received a diagnosis. We talked about last week uh, how medical and, and mental health diagnoses can affect our worth. Perhaps you got a diagnosis, something that might have been chronic or something maybe that might have been terminal uh, for some people. Um, and then the family members, they just left them. They just, I can't deal with this. Um, you're too much to handle. Um, I don't want to have to continue a life with you if this is what I'm going to be dealing with. Uh, so perhaps you grew up with an emotionally detached or dismissive parent um, that didn't know how to connect with you, um, that made you feel as if you were a bother, as if you were a burden. Um, and they told you they hated you or maybe that they there was their intention to have an abortion um, uh, or to recommend that you were aborted uh, so that you wouldn't be here and they wouldn't have to deal with you. Maybe you remind them of something painful and so they have punished you your whole life for it. Perhaps you've been ghosted from family members. They just disappear on you. Stop responding to your messages. They don't take your calls. Um, you're not invited to things. They literally act as if you're no longer there. Um, could be family that's ghosted you, romantic partners that's ghosted you, um, friends that have ghosted you. Uh, if you've experienced any kind of abuse in your life, that can feel like an abandonment uh, because again, their safety is gone. Right? So whether that's emotional abuse or physical abuse, um, psychological abuse, financial abuse, it feels as if I'm left here um, to deal with these things on my own without any support. And as we discussed at the start of this episode, when you share that there's been sexual trauma from a family member um, and it's not addressed, uh, the survivor is blind. The abuse is dismissed as if the survivor is expected to get over it. And that is some of the cycle of um, silence around abuse in families, particularly as we talk about incest, where it's not discussed. It's kind of buried, if you will. What happens in the house stays in the house. And so we may have discussed it, and then it never been brought up again. And so what are you supposed to do with all of these emotions and these feelings, um, particularly when you are around this person? And people will say, well, you should forgive them. Um, you should... Uh, Go hug them. You should uh, recognize that that happened a long time ago. And you are thinking to yourself, like, it's still present for me. It didn't go anywhere. So what am I supposed to do? So how does this affect us? Um, well, we know, particularly in your formative years, when the brain is still developing, that abandonment, abandonment affects our perceptions, how we make sense of the world, the beliefs we develop, our sense of trust, our identity, our worth, our executive functioning skills for so the decision-making, how we control impulses. It affects how we attach or don't to other people. So maybe I don't want to be hurt anymore, so I have an anxious avoidant attachment. I have a fear of intimacy. Maybe I vacillate between being codependent and clingy uh, and avoidant in relationships that push-pull 
dynamic that is often characteristic of borderline personality disorder. Or maybe I'm just all over the place. I'm disoriented and disorganized in uh, my attachment patterns and relationships. So there's uh, inconsistency in how I engage. And so people don't know who they're in a relationship with. It creates a fear of abandonment. It can lead to self-sabotage. We've talked about self-sabotage in previous podcasts episodes and how that can affect us at work, how that can affect us at school, also how that can affect us in other relationships. It can make it incredibly difficult for us to know how to connect to people intimately in order to be vulnerable and share things because we're afraid of what might happen if I allow someone in. We also know that abandonment increases our likelihood of developing some type of mental health condition. Now we can experience a variety of things related to self-harm behaviors, suicidal behaviors, anxiety, including separation anxiety. And some of you may have children that have significant separation anxiety. They don't want to be away from you. Um, you may yourself not want to be away from your parents. You may constantly want people to check in with you and um, let you know they made it safe or that they're okay. Um, when people don't respond to you, you may think the worst, including that they don't want to be bothered with you. They don't like you. You've upset them. They don't love you anymore. We know that um, Post-traumatic stress disorder, particularly as we start talking about complex post-traumatic stress disorder, is one of the things that happens. And, and again, these are all about how we relate to the world, our relationships with people, our sense of safety and security, um, our ability to feel comfortable in our own skin, but also to feel comfortable around other people. Higher incidences of depression, eating disorder, substance abuse, and as we think about, often these disorders there's pain underneath. And so we're doing things to numb that pain, to avoid having to experience that pain. We don't like that discomfort, so we're going to try to get as far away from it as we can. Um, also, it can have uh, cause problems with our ability to be able to sleep. So I will tell you that any kind of trauma, when we're talking about being able to heal, is a journey. There are people who have started the journey in childhood. Some of us started it um, in later adolescence, teenage years, young adulthood, and some who have started it as um, adults in their 30s and 40s, some 50s and 60s. And so no matter where you start, it is going to be a journey because what you're having to do is relearn, restructure, if you will, create new neural pathways about how the world is, right? So perceived threats versus actual threats. Um, being able to soothe yourself, being able to have an integrated sense of self, being able um, to establish healthy relationship patterns, being able to recognize when something potentially isn't healthy and when you may be utilizing avoidance-based mechanisms. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of unpacking, a lot of digging up of things that have been buried that can be very uncomfortable. And so people may start and stop that process several times throughout the journey because it can be very overwhelming, right? And we don't always like to dig into things that make us feel uncomfortable. So therapy, when it becomes a source of your discomfort, sometimes we'll see people uh, fall out of therapy before their course of treatment has concluded. I say that all to say, don't be discouraged. But mental health counseling is absolutely going to be a part of that journey for healing, for healing from your trauma. Um, and even when people tell you, you should be over it, um, forgive this person, let it go, move on, 
do recognize that even if you decide you want to forgive someone who abandoned you, that doesn't mean that you have to be in a relationship with them. It doesn't mean you have to accept any of their behaviors and it doesn't mean you have to take on any responsibility for that abandonment. But it's going to be important for you to work with a treating provider as you're working through that. And that can be family counseling because you may decide, hey, we as a family, we need to work through some things. We need to talk about some things. If I'm going to be able to fully heal, we need to address some of these hurts. Um, you abandoning me because you had a drug addiction and you chose drugs over me. You abandoning me because you weren't ready to be a parent uh, because you had some things that you hadn't worked out from your own childhood. Uh, whether it was you got into a relationship and that was a way to escape from some other pain you were dealing with. And so you, let, you lost yourself and therefore I got caught up in your, your losses as a part of that. It may be spiritual counseling. Sometimes we're angry with God. We are mad. Like, God, why would you put me in situations to continually be abused, to be neglected, to be abandoned, to be in places where I couldn't feel safe and loved? What was it about me that wasn't deserving of your love and your kindness? If you're this kind God, why would you allow that to happen to me? So you may have to work through some of those things. We get resentful and angry. And uh, God wants to hear all of that. God knows what you're experiencing and feeling. And so God can handle it. Uh, but sometimes our own guilt and shame stops us from being honest. And so we'll just close uh, off relationships that may be connected to spirituality or close off connections that might be connected to the church. And so we may feel like something's missing because we haven't addressed that hurt. You may benefit from going to a support group of other people who have experienced abandonment trauma. You may uh, benefit from learning skills. And skills, to me, is always something that we can benefit from. But in particular, when you have a history of being abandoned, feeling like people left you, boundaries, assertiveness, learning how to create true intimacy. Um, and sometimes we need to take relationship sobriety. You've heard me discuss that before. Where we take breaks from being in relationships with people. And we take that time and really work on ourselves, address our fears. Um, we may need to learn some mindfulness and meditation, other ways to soothe ourselves, learn how to tolerate distress, learn how to cope in healthy ways so we don't tend to seek other people or other things, substances. Um, you know, overworking, we talk, we've discussed a lot of things, but can become addictions um, in order for us not to really ad address our pain. So learning those skills is going to be really important. It also is going to be crucial to find a healthy social support network. When you've had a history of being abandoned and you felt alone and you felt like your family wasn't there for you, then how is someone else going to be able to be there for, for you? And of course, because this affects our self-worth and how we see ourselves as valuable or able to be loved um, or capable of being loved, sometimes the damage, the brokenness, these negative core beliefs that we can develop can interfere with us even feeling like we have the potential to create healthy relationships, to create healthy partnerships. And sometimes because we are feeling so alone and left, again, we go to that dependency, that clinginess. And so we're constantly looking for other people to fill voids. And it's important for us to learn how to fill those voids within ourselves and recognize that no one else can feel your loneliness for you. But you can do meaningful and, and um, purposeful activities. Journaling can be very important, finding daily joys, hobbies, activities, joining um, community organizations, doing some things that give back, 
um, doing things that are in your gift, right? We all have gifts, and sometimes in this process, we begin to recognize what our gifts are. And so as we begin to create more fulfilling types of things in our lives, we recognize that relationships are only a part. So we don't have to put everything into a relationship and a relationship doesn't dictate our worth and our value. So whether I'm dating someone or whether or not somebody texts me back or calls me back um, or whether or not I get invited to the family barbecue, I can still be whole. Or if I need to make a decision for my own safety that I don't go to family gatherings, which means that I'm cut off in some ways from family, how am I going to be able to recreate for myself some healthy family, right? Because we have the family we're born into and then we have the family we choose. And so creating chosen family relationships and engaging with people, maybe in our family, but recognizing, and that's where the boundary piece comes in place, recognizing I'm not going to be dealing with the people that hurt me. I don't want to talk about it. I don't need to hear your lessons on forgiveness and how I need to be the bigger person and how long ago that was. If you're going to be in a loving relationship with me, then respect that boundary. There's plenty of other things that we can talk about and do that don't involve me putting myself in a place that doesn't feel good to me. Okay? So I need for you to understand you are worthy. They weren't there for you because they didn't know how to be, not because you didn't deserve it. Okay? Be well.